0: Hearing Voices? Hearing Voices. You're listening to Hearing Voices with Scott Watson. Well, it's described as new and green, and I had a lot of questions. So I turned this morning on Hearing Voices with Scott Watson to my friend and our frequent guest, astronomer Darren Drake. Darren, I suppose we should start with this green comet is described as new. You and I have talked. There's nothing out there that's really new, is there? No, no, it's um about the age of the solar system is about four and a half billion years old, so um the only thing that's new is the fact that we know about it in the last oh ten months or so we've discovered it uh from a telescope called the Uzniki transient facility uh, telescope out in california and this is a telescope that is has a large four meter aperture and um a large uh CCD chip that looks for um, objects that brighten suddenly or have position changes suddenly. So it will um, be able to discover, like, lots of comets. And so it's named the VPS comet, the key transient facility. So I guess my question would be, if it's been out there that long, what took us so long to find that rascal? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, most comets are periodic. The ones we discover, they'll... So come close to the sun, we see it, and then it goes way out, and it's gone for hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of years, and you know, for all intents and purposes, we're never going to see it again. Um, this comet is um, pr- pretty much uh, never going to come back. Um, it just is a one-time encounter, uh, and it will have a close approach and a a bright, a brightest first, uh, a brightest day or a night for us to see it um, in early February, and then it will move back on out and probably never come back again. So some will, some kind of do that on a hyperbolic orbit, it's called. And uh, so it wasn't really ever observable until recently. That's why we're only now learning about this particular one. This is the voice of Darren Drake. He is an astronomer, and he joins me this morning on Hearing Voices with Scott Watson. So if we're in the northern hemisphere, and we are, I'm told, telescope or binocular, uh, you're in Illinois, many of the listeners in Michigan, I'm in Florida. How do we see this uh, big chunk of ice? <laughs> yeah, it, it's like a dirty iceberg in space, yes. Um, as it approaches the sun and gets closer and closer, it starts to vaporize the surface and get a, a cloud around it called the coma as it vaporizes and then gets a little closer. The solar wind pushes it away from the sun and it develops a tail, uh, sometimes two tails, a dust and an ion tail. And we can see it um, pretty much anywhere in the northern hemisphere. In fact, it's really well placed when it's at its brightest because it's going to be not that far from the North Star, which means it's up all all night long. So um, you don't have to be um, anywhere in particular just, away from the equator and away from the southern hemisphere, and you're going to have a a good view, as long as you don't have a lot of city lights uh, interfering. So you would basically um, look in around the late late January, early February. uh, It's going to move towards the um, constellations of Ursa Minor near the Little Dipper, and then to another constellation uh, called... Um, let me see here. That would be Camila which is a, not a very well-known constellation, but it's important because it's fairly close to the North Celestial Pole, so it's going to be up all night long. Um, and it would be best to see it, or it to be highest in the sky, in the early morning or pre-dawn hours. And um, so, even now, you can see it fairly high in the northeast um, as we speak. Uh, but it's going to get about six or seven, eight times brighter than it is now, around what we would call magnitude 5.5 is its predicted brightness. And it will be, um, visible to the naked eye if that's, tr- if that is indeed that prediction is true, uh, oh, but only under dark skies. Um, if you're in a light-footed area, you'll need at least a pair of binoculars. And a Richfield small telescope will be even better. We wind up with astronomer Darren Drake. We're talking about a new, if we can use that word, comet. One more time for folks that want to see this. Best days to do so and approximate area in the sky when we can do so. Yes, it will be. Um, um, the uh, The best dates are late January um, and into so about February second. Is it's about its predicted best time, and it'll be up all night long, not far from the North Polar Star, uh, Polaris, and that's about 8 or 10 degrees away from it at that point. And I would just uh, recommend looking perhaps in the local newspaper or online to find out exactly where it is on any given night because it will be moving fairly rapidly night to night. And maybe uh, if you do have a pair of binoculars or a small telescope, you can get a hint of that greenish color, which is going to be caused from uh, carbon molecules and cyanogen molecules as they evaporate off the surface and get ionized from the sun's energy. That's what causes it to be green. And if I have my binoculars and I locate it, am I going to see that it is, in fact, something different than a star to look at? Absolutely, yeah. Um, All comets have a a nebulous or, or fuzzy look to them and almost all of them will have a tail, if it's a fairly bright comet, will have a tail emanating off in one direction, you can't miss it. Um, if a comet is further out um, and not quite bright yet, then you may not see a tail, but in this case it should be very evident and you can see it in the current images uh, that are online today. It has a very interesting looking tail, actually two tails, a dust tail and an ion tail. If listeners haven't figured it out, I don't know much about this guy, but I am fascinated by it. And he always answers my silly questions. Darren Drake, astronomer, thanks so much for the visit this morning. on oh, oh, Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Scott. Have a good one.